Hi, I'm Shreen Patek, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to executives who are changing the marketing playbook for the industry one decision at a time. I'm fascinated by Foot Locker, the shoe retailer that is redefining what it means to sell shoes. With new investments in consumer startups like Goat, Carbon 38, and Superheroic, and a rethinking of how to even work with brands like Nike. Spearheading much of this is my guest today, Chief Marketing Officer Jed Berger, who has been part of the move to keep the company relevant to sneakerheads. Hi, Jed. Welcome to Making Marketing. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. Okay. You okay. work in in what I think is one of the most interesting companies. Um, biggest reason being that I have one of you, one, one of you, a footlocker on my block. And I okay. walk in often because I'm fascinated by how it seems to have evolved mm. over over even just the last few months. Mm. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, taking on the CMO role mm. and sort of how kind of your responsibilities and sort of your purview have evolved over the last couple of years? Yeah, so the company didn't have what was a traditional CMO before me, so there was no definition of what traditional even meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the role is something that was unique to the company, really. Uh, I think it's important to know that we are, uh, we are also a unique company. We're a portfolio company, mm-hmm. um, so that's not that unique. There's plenty of PepsiCo's and Coca-Cola's out there. Uh, what makes us unique is we own Foot Locker, Champs, Foot Action, East Bay, Lady Foot Locker, Kids Foot Locker, and then some some other things as well. But those those are the ones that most people are most familiar with. And you own a lot more things. We've more invested. Recently. We've invested into <laughs> right. to many things recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the difference with, with having tr- places, retail places or um, sites that sell product in this portfolio versus a PepsiCo or a Coca-Cola or any other portfolio brand is a lot of what we sell across the different banners is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and although we, we, we cater to different consumers, uh, a lot of the time, the best product is the best product. And it might just be celebrated or worn for a different occasion by a different person or a different experience. Mm-hmm. So a, 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 a white-on-white Air Force One, which is an icon in, in the business, it is sold across, across, the, across the banners. Um, and you can say that for a lot of different styles. So, so it's not like a different flavor of soda. It's not like Mountain Dew. It's not even a different color of soda. It's the same white on white Air Force One, uh, and that is that's a really unique challenge um, to somebody to a the, our our entire portfolio, but also somebody um, like in my position who is responsible for making sure that we are segmenting and we're catering to different audience, so we are not cannibalizing each other, and and we are of of course selling as many white and white air force ones and selling and, and but we're but we're also selling to as many consumers and we're being as broad as we can possibly be and those things that's a that's a hard balance sure. and, and something that needs some oversight let's talk about because you have all these different brands and in some ways they're similar as the way you just explained mm-hmm. how are they different mm-hmm. but tell me how they're different from your perspective as somebody overseeing the marketing across them versus versus the consumer's uh-huh. perspective 
Well, if we're doing our jobs right, hopefully those are the same. Yeah, um, and but 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 we continue to spend a lot of time on that, and we and and that's not just saying, something I'm saying uh, uh, on a podcast. I'm telling you, we spend a lot of time on banner segmentation, putting the consumer first, and and the, putting the consumer first is very marketing ease. I get it, um, and it's very right now. But it, it, we we really, it's something we have to do. Um, I think the portfolio is a competitive advantage, and I think that that one of the things that we do is we bring sneaker culture and youth culture to the people, and we celebrate it with the people. One of the that's a competitive advantage of footing, and one of the ways that we do that is certainly brand diversity. So it's selling Adidas, Nike, a Puma, a New Balance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's also making sure that we have consumer diversity, um, and that. That has to start with making sure that we each one of our banners is focused on a different purpose, mm-hmm. um, a different consumer segment. And um, so where Foot Locker is very much for the sneaker obsessed, we have Champs, uh, who is for the the sport inspired kid. And we have we're, we're really fortunate where we have Champs for a sport for a sport inspired lifestyle. And we have East Bay, which is for a sport uh, a sport inspired performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll see how we we use those together much more than we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really relate them together. And then we have foot action, which is for much more of a self-expressive person, mm-hmm. self-expressive person uh, and, and can take a little bit of a wider view of style. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I no, am curious yeah. about how you're how you're then translating because this is like the ethos, right? This is what what it is and what it needs to be. How do you then go about the very difficult work of then expressing yeah. those differences? Well, because again, you're talking to all these different consumers, and it's harder today than it's ever had been because nobody wants to be seen as a as as some linear human, and that just doesn't exist. And if and if we and and if we came from a perspective where we thought that, we'd fail. The, the recognizing today that a kid wants to be or, or a person, I should say, a person wants to be known as versatile. They want to be known as dimensional is the first thing we have to start with. And that's it, new, like newer. Um, yeah, I think okay. it's newer. I think you, you don't you tend not to find somebody who's just a ball player who wants to be just known as a ball player anymore. Mm-hmm. They want to be. A ball player, but they want to have be into fashion, and they want to be into music, and they want to be an advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, it's uh, you don't want to be known to be one thing, and and you want to be recognized that you can be one thing one moment and another. And I think that's amazing, and I think that's something that should be celebrated. And but it also something when you have a portfolio of brands <laughs> has to be recognized. So it's not like Champs can be the the only brand that interacts with gaming. You can't be like this person's a Champs person no. and then leave it there. Yeah, and, and Champs can't be the and Foot Action can't be the only only um, banner that can relate to fashion or music because these things are colliding with with an individual. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you need to recognize that you that we have to have a sharp point. So I think that sneaker obsessed, sport obsessed, fashion style is something that, um, for, for foot action is something that we can definitely be rooted in while not ignoring all of these other um, amazing touch points that, and passion points that make people dynamic and dimensional and 
part of what culture is today. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And I, I think it, it relates back actually to sort of a bigger topic that we've actually spoken on this podcast about a lot, which is a lot of people, different people run marketing at different types of companies have said some version of what you've said. That So the, I did speak marketing. He's cool. I love it. That's cool. The, the customer not being sort of linear, mm-hmm. but also being more in control, that they're oh. making more choices or more active making choices than they were before mm-hmm. and that's changing that you can't sort of be like okay this is what this is what you are and this is the kind of person and then segment them neatly into your marketing buckets only mm-hmm. that becomes very complicated mm-hmm. how does that translate into where you're advertising mm-hmm. what are you saying and how often has that been changing and i'd love an example or two well first of all i think that we are uh i think we're different than a lot of of, of i know i said this we're unique and we're different than a lot of other companies we sell a product that that it that people are extremely passionate about and um, people love sneakers and um, and the more the product that we sell is related to something that's meaningful to somebody's life mm-hmm. uh, the the better they sell and by the way you don't always have to be so serious I mean our game of Thrones Adidas collection was awesome yes. and was. I mean not so I mean maybe serious to some people but in the grand scheme of things, not not so serious. But, um, you know, I think what Pharrell has done with human race is a little bit more serious and is, ama- is amazing. And people, you know, you talk about Yeezy and how that resonates with people because of his f- creative freedom and self-expression and that relates. I mean, so I, I think that part of what we've been great at in the past few years as we've evolved is we've tried to put all of these things that are of interest to a consumer group and and get them into the design of the product hmm. well ahead of time mm-hmm. instead of having the store the marketing story at the very end be inspired by something which it which I, we've we've continued to learn doesn't work and 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 that's a big evolution in our industry hmm. something certainly in in part of my part of the evolution of of my job and my and and um, and my career, um, because we we're, the industry has been very used to designing product and then at 15, 12 months out and then a bunch of marketing people getting it a, f- a few months, if you're lucky, uh, <laughs> a few months before it, 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 it goes on sale right. and trying to figure out how to create a story. And you, and you sort of flipped that and made that very different, um, I know that sort of we've we talked about this before we started recording, but the consumer concepts group and having mm-hmm. you and your team come into that process much earlier. Give me an example of how that actually plays out, because I've heard you speak about this a couple of mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of ways and a couple of times. But I'd love to really get inside. Okay, yeah, how does so, this actually go from A to so Z? We have an amazing head of product, mm-hmm. first of all, um, and he and I have a, an incredible healthy tension, uh, which which is works incredibly well and we have we created a we first created like sort of a a a silly mantra that we went and called we it was concepts over colorways and colorways (laughs) is a sneaker term right and and we and and that wasn't that silly mantra came by the way from what was selling and you know uh uh, for uh, the first the first introduction of an idea that was rooted in some incredible story and mm. had a collaboration was great and everybody thought the model was going to be amazing but then the third color mm. which just was a color and wasn't connected to anything fell short of expectation and that and and that was 
some that was a clear message to us in the industry and so we we, we created this sort of silly mantra concepts mm-hmm. over colorway as as a leadership team and and started putting it in every single powerpoint and keynote <laughs> deck that we could find and 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 um and not just brought people along internally but worked with our worked with our amazing partners um and then as a leadership group we built this team that was just focused on um creating the con- working with our brand partners on creating the concepts into the product 15 months out and they do a report to myself and the head of how was that received by both internally by people who had been used to doing things a certain way um okay we're gonna try this new way of doing this oh and the marketing people are gonna be here and and then how was it received by brand partners was it surprising to them was it like oh you're trying something new and we're not sure about it i think like anything um first of all i think two things like anything things take a minute and you got to bring people along and and everybody has to feel like that they were responsible for being a part of that change and uh and 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 by the way we have partners who it's not that they're not telling amazing product stories and they haven't been doing this forever but i think part of the problem is is that 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 has been kept relatively small Mm -hmm. Uh, and what we wanted it to do was was take what's amazing about small limited collaborations which we were very often a part of that again those weren't commercial but what we do is we bring I said we bring amazing sneaker culture to the people and one of the ways that we have to do that is actually having the product to do that yeah Uh, and And not just having it be a one-off sometimes kind of thing or a few hundred pairs sure the limited very limited yeah and there's a place for that and and um it's part of what makes sneaker culture incredible right Mm -hmm. um but for brand partners was that I guess yes of course that takes so the uh, part two was seeing success Right. Okay. Part two was seeing success, and um, and they were seeing success outside of us and with us, mm-hmm. and um, and you know it got to a point where our partners were asking us for a team, and what happened is, is we created that team, and what they did was they created that team. Hmm. Um, so it's and, and and you know everybody's calendars and I mean. Yeah, the amount of calendars, I mean, <laughs> because 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 making shoes is not like screen printing a T-shirt. It's just not. It's not. It's not. It's something that's pretty hard to do quickly. There are ways to there are ways to do it. More ways than there ever have been. And I hope for the industry's sake that there are more ways domestically that mm-hmm. can happen. Um, and I think the industry is working really hard at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently. It's it's a process sure. that takes a lot of time. And now you've added a little bit more complexity into the mix by creating this this new way of doing it. We've either added complexity mm-hmm. or we've added a better briefing process. Mm-hmm. I hope we've added a better briefing process. I am like an absurd believer in brief culture and within marketing and with and outside. Okay. Uh, and um, and I you know the worst thing that anybody can say to me ever is you briefed us wrong, <laughs> and and I think that one place that I, I I think that has has been good for us is we've sort of adopted a lot of brief culture with our product, hmm. and and with our vendor partners and it hasn't it's not just an advertising thing it's it's a it's a way to collaborate together you yeah, know absolutely how much of this was driven by or how much do you even worry about or even think about 
oh, the place of the retailer, the what is going to happen to the store in it, you know, in the next few years? Is is there even a model for a store anymore? The retail apocalypse. Oh wait, the retail resurgence. How much <laughs> of all of this back and forth, mm-hmm. and like the pendulum's always mm-hmm. swinging. Everyone's. I know it depends. Mm-hmm. I know it always depends. Mm-hmm. But how much of you all sitting there thinking, we have a new way of doing this and we can bring this to the table. We can work with our partners. We can change things up internally. What's to do with, is there, retail, is, is there, is there a retail resurgence slash retail death coming? So I think that, I, I, you know, I, I will say this, is that I feel really fortunate to have a leadership team that has a really strong self-awareness Mm-hmm. And I think that we've been continually evolving as a company. And, you know, that doesn't change what's happening with the physical experience or an online experience or a mobile experience mm-hmm. or uh, D- DTC that people love or the Amazon effect that people love to talk about. I mean, all of those things are part of a business model pressure. Mm-hmm. I think that we are doing all the right things to should have great strategic partnerships with our best with 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 a Nike and an Adidas sure. who have really amazing DTC businesses but cannot do it alone and I think when I talk about when I talked about um one of the things that you know bringing sneaker culture to the people and I talked about brand diversity I think it's a I think people walking into a store or going online and seeing choice mm-hmm. is something that is really is really important. And again, I you could then go and say, well, too much choice. There's that whole entire of thing. Course. But but I but I but I do believe that having um, brand and product and category diversity is is um, a competitive advantage. Um, and it's something that that isn't is it will always be important. How does having an incubator mm-hmm then kind of fit into this this yeah. puzzle we're putting together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Walk me through that. Yeah. So we, at, at the same time, so about two years ago, we started to make a, a lot, uh, we started to evolve, evolve a lot of what we we're doing externally and experience and but also internally and in how we were structuring. And we, 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 we talked about the consumer concepts team, my role. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah. And, um, part of that was this is a company that is it, that is terrific of, about looking at the daily, hourly, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual P and L. I mean that's what you've traditionally done in retail. But they, like I said, this company also has really good self awareness, and um, and we needed to build a focused team who wasn't so reliant on what the business was going to be today, tomorrow, in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. Because that d- developing brands, developing creators, developing new ideas is something that we haven't necessarily been great at in the past because we've been so great and so focused. And if you look at our business over the last eight years, mm-hmm. it's been great. Mm-hmm. It's been terrific. We we've never we've really haven't been part of that apocalypse sure. conversation because our business has been strong mm-hmm. throughout ninety seven percent of it. Um, 
and but you still want to have an incubator to so but but we but but we we do need to have a focused team and i and i'm a huge believer in if you really think something is important that you have to have people focused against it and the problem with is guess what the day-to-day business mm-hmm. Is incredibly important, right. and having a team that thinks twelve to fifteen months out, and so that day-to-day team can do product better, is incredibly important, and that's that concepts team. But also having a group that is just focused at what's out there, mm-hmm. and and creating relationships with people and brands and ideas that may or may not have product attached, that could become something in a year and a half or two years, but don't have the pressure of being it today mm-hmm. is also incredibly important. And it was sort of a missing link that we had in the organization. It's your moonshots. It's your, the things you haven't thought about or I don't, how, I don't how love do the you... term moonshot because, well, because it, 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 it's not fair to the, to the, to the brands and creators because they're incredible people who are incredibly successful today. Okay. But they're they're they, And they're they're They haven't either wanted to have been, a little bit resistant of the what what Foot Locker in the past commercially has represented, mm-hmm. um, or even logistically been able to do. So this gives us an opportunity to help them mm-hmm. and help us develop and incubate them in a bigger way over time, so they can be more commercially viable. That and and what commercially viable means is different for everybody. You know, we have we have plenty of companies who are doing over hundred hundred millions of million dollars, and we have companies that are doing ten to twenty. And and commercially viable means the same to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think that it, it gives us an opportunity, and, and I think that they're both they both can fit in our ecosystem. You've also invested mm-hmm. in a bunch of companies mm-hmm. recently. Um, how do and I know there's so many of them, but mm-hmm. how do how do those then fit in again into this puzzle? Mm-hmm. You've got you just mentioned it, you put it very well. Um, you've got, you've got Foot Locker, yeah. you've got consumer concepts, you've got this incubator sort of thinking yeah. what's next and yeah. what's ahead. How did how lot does of, everything else a, come? A in? lot of that conversation happened at the same time as Greenhouse, okay. um, because we were really posi- we were really talking about how we develop for the future mm-hmm. and all the things that we needed to do. And we also built a focused team that that uh, that was looking at where the industry was going um, and different business models and um, different types of talent that were were leading by personality or leading by purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, that again could be a part of our ecosystem that could add to it, maybe in the short term, but could but we could work together to really offer them something and we know they could offer us something sure. that could develop into something significant in the long term. So, you know, an amazing, uh, one of the examples is pr- uh, probably an easy example is a brand, the brand super heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody I've followed for a long time and Jason Maiden was, is in a, is, is a, was a former Nike designer and Jordan designer. So he was somebody who we were familiar with and uh, and he, uh, if you've if you've never heard him speak, he's incredible. Like, I mean, he's incredible. He spoke to about a, a two hundred person audience um, of of our district managers mm-hmm. um, about two weeks ago. <laughs> Got them fired up. Fired up, tears, <laughs> tears. And he talked for about fifty eight minutes 
about, he talked for an hour, about mm-hmm. 58 minutes was about his story and his purpose and how he came to be and how he grew up and his experiences and, and how the idea of, of superhero came to be. Mm-hmm. The last two minutes, maybe, maybe, were about the product that was eventually going to come to those people's stores. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. And when I was talking to some of the district managers at dinner that night, they, were, they would run through a wall for that man. And although we're incubating that the product in a pretty slow way, right? I had district managers who represent a, 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 a you know, a district, a, a district manager represents a fleet of stores. Mm-hmm. I, I had them begging me for the product because they want to do not, not whatever they could for, I mean, they want to do whatever they could for Jason and for his story. And, 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 and that's a person and a purpose who's developed a product that's specifically for play mm-hmm. and, and the idea, it's more than just the physical idea of play but actually the idea of getting outside and and what play mentally does for you right. and he and <laughs> i mean and and that's a passionate person and a different per and a, and, a, and just a, a totally different idea than we've have in this in this company and something something that was worth investing right. into and that's so interesting because you know you're, you're talking about sort of the district managers and them just basically loving this person loving the product um that suddenly becomes really important. You're you're running stores. You've got people who need to be excited about Absolutely. all of these things. That feels like, that's very human. It's it's. It, I mean, and we're and and we're in a we're in a. We talked about it earlier. We're in a business where where people are, they connect to products through meaningful, relevant ideas to them. Yeah. And I really believe that that what Jason is doing not only um, does the purpose of play and and. Um, everything is is that's behind what what's behind the story of the brand mm-hmm. will relate. But I I really think that Jason as a human being and his why of doing this really relate also. I mean, I, I want to get him, I, if I could have him talk to every you know. But I mean, yeah, but they'd it, get excited to sell it. Absolutely, great. yeah. To, um, I did want to spend the last few minutes just talking about kind of the role of marketing, not just within your organization, but just at large. Mm-hmm. Um, heard a lot about. Marketing now occupies a very different place than it used to. Again, the consumer is more in control, you know, being more authentic, brand purpose, mm. being more connected and responsible for revenue mm. in many cases. In your case, being mm. more connected and responsible for product creation, which also wasn't happening in many places before. When you, when I, if I say kind of what's going on with the marketing function, mm. what sort of comes to mind? Um, what is the sea change that's really happening? I mean, it's big. It's an evolving it's an evolving career. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who is in a position, uh, I would say a, a high level position in the field, um, it's something that I would say keeps me up. Um, it's it's become more, uh, you know, there's plenty of articles recent, re- recently written about how brands are either replacing CMOs with chief revenue officers, blah, blah, blah. Chief growth officers. Chief growth officers is a popular title. Um, and again, whether those are the same people or not, often they, they are. Uh, you know, I talk all the time to young people who put brand marketing on their resumes. I say, don't do that. <laughs> that became a dirty word. Nobody wants a brand marketer. You want to be a product marketer? People like the word product now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, very, very rarely are CMOs becoming presidents or CEOs. Very, very rarely are CMOs getting on public boards. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I, you know, I, I, I look at myself 
personally as a business partner much more than I do as a marketer. I, um, you know, I think I, I, t- I say all the time that if you look at the young companies today that have been incredibly successful, they were started by somebody with an, with a, with a strong vision mm-hmm. of, um, of brand purpose and what the, uh, and, and, and an idea. So the, I, so the, the idea that Mark, that person is an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. that person isn't a marketer, but are we just talking semantics here? And, and, and so I, I you know, I, I think it's a, I, I joke, but I don't joke. I will write the book. Marketing needs a rebrand. Um, hey, the shoemaker's son, right? Never has good shoes. No, nope. believe it goes. Exactly. And, 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 um, so you know, I think that 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 it's it's an interesting time, and uh, you know, I think in many, many, many um, companies that there needs to be a redefinition of what potentially the CMO job or the role of marketing within the organization, or could be how it reports, or what the titles are, or what the accountabilities are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 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 the the industry is the marketing industry is is in for an evolution. Great. We'll end on that note. Chad Berger, thank you so much for being on Making Marketing. Thanks so much for having me as well. And that's all for today's episode of Making Marketing, a show by Digiday. Thank you for listening. Our producer is, of course, Gianna Cappadona. If you like the show, here's what you need to do. Head to your iTunes store, search for a show, Making Marketing, leave us a review, hopefully five stars and a rating. I'll also read my favorite reviews here at the end of the show. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.